That's like this one do it, Alex. You run this. I'm so tired. I haven't slept a wink. I'm so tired. My mind is on a blink. I wonder should I get up and fix myself a drink? No, I'm so tired. That's enough of that. Look out! The lever! Get away from that lever! You'll blow us all to atoms! Welcome everyone, this is another episode of That Record Got Me. Hi, I'm your host, Rob Elba. It is a special, exciting day for That Record Got Me. Hi, because uh, I'm recording in studio and I have two guests. And this is my very first, in five years, my very first father-daughter guest. We had a husband-wife before, and uh, and we've just had two random annoying people at times. But uh, father-daughter guests, I'm excited, so I'd like to welcome Oscar and Danielle Herrera. Thank welcome you. Show, Oscar and Danielle. Thank you for having us. Yep, thank you so much. Awesome. You know, Oscar's been a guest before. Uh, we know him from Sleep of Reason, El Duende, Black Tape for a Blue Girl, which also, uh, Danielle, you were, in, you were involved with Black Tape for a Blue Girl. Yep. She I've known you guys a really long time, and I've known Oscar, and, and we're both around the same age, and we both, like, back in the day, we were the only ones that actually had yep. kids, yep. we were, like, yep. the yep. weirdos, like, uh, <laughs> that had kids, and, uh, yeah, it's cool. So, this is exciting. I'm going to be totally honest. I wasn't excited about the album you picked, and I was su- surprised, not surprised. It's funny, when, when we first started, me and Barry first started the podcast, like, one of the first people that thought about coming on mentioned doing a Beatles album, and we're like, no, we aren't going to do a Beatles album. First of all, what more could anyone say about the Beatles? You know, and right. Um, but no, but when when you said the Beatles, first of all, because it was you and Danielle, I thought, oh, that's cool. You know, father and daughter. So and obviously, there's a reason why you're doing this particular album. Right. So it's fine. I, and and I years ago I gave up in caring, giving a shit. I let anyone pick any record. I don't care what it is. Yeah. But uh, all right. So w- what are we talking about? Which well, I mean, I'm I I wanted to ask you that in all five years, how is that there's not a single Beatles album has ever been I done. know, right? Well, I mean, yeah, that's, that's, just that's mind-boggling. That's it's just mind- weird. I mean, the Beatles were at a, at a point where they were masters of pop. Everything they did was untouchable, and at the same time, they were on the edge of creativity. I mean, so many things that we take for granted now, production styles, the fact that a band wrote their own songs, all that kind of thing, was started by the Beatles. And so when, when Annette, my wife, and I had kids, from the very, very beginning... We wanted them to be into music, and the first things that they listened to was the Beatles. And then from that point on, they could take it wherever they wanted to. They've gone into other things ever since then. But to me, our music, their musical foundation was the Beatles. There was a uh, a point, in, I mean, when Danny was very, very little, that she was very much into the Beatles. And she, I remember her screaming, you know, ticket to ride into the speaker and everything. And one day we actually had to sit her down and tell her, you know, John Lennon's actually dead. Oh, oh no, I actually remember them telling me. <laughs> and I'm telling you because he had already been dead. <laughs> 
was devastating. Right. I, no, because in my mind, like they were, they were these four young guys. Like right. this is who yeah. they were. She had a Beatles party in the nineties for my fifth birthday. For her fifth birthday. Yeah. Wow. yeah. A Beatles party. Beatles right. theme. It was instead of pin the donkey, the pin the tail on the donkey it was ping the ring on Ringo's ring, and it was yellow submarine style That's that my so dad awesome. had drawn up for yeah, me. Do you have any? You gotta. You we do have some pictures. Pic- oh, we do yeah, we do have pictures. That is adorable. And you are you are correct. Everything you said is absolutely correct. And then me listening to it this again and and you realize, oh God, that sounds like like things that came after, like, oh my God, how much yeah. they influenced yeah. and how much just uh just just how well recorded and arranged everything is and just how and at the time all right so this album came out in 1968 68. so we're talking about something 1968 way before you were born way Danielle. way before <laughs> and all right so and all right so my personal thing the reason why i just never was a big beatles fan and it's not because i'm a beatles hater like i know i actually know some people that hate the beatles or don't like the beatles and that to me is weird it is weird because, yes, yeah that's a mental yeah, issue like, that's uh, well, you, don't, yeah. you don't have to like them but to hate them no, is and it's so not even strange that i don't like them it's just i never got uh and and i know that being said i knew most of these songs you know and, and you know them because they're just a part of everything and but I never I focused on other bands and other things and I never like I never owned a Beatles album myself. Wow. I had an older sister, so I had an older <laughs> sister, so she had Beatles records right. and right. she had Beatles forty fives and she had albums. So I did listen. I remember her listening to them, but I just went on a different path, you know, right. for for whatever reason. And then later on, I never like sometimes you rediscover things and dive back in, but I never actually did that. I never did a Beatles dive but of course every time i hear beatles it's like oh my god yeah of course this, yeah this, this is a great is, song it, it's it's unbelievable they were <laughs> they were all like it, it's one of these things that you know that you get with certain bands where these people come together yeah and they just it's this creative artistic force that's like you know that comes uh, once in a generation right you know, and I appreciate that. So I just yeah. want everyone to know that I do appreciate that. I'm not a hater. I am naive about stuff, which we're going to see when we get into that. But I'm definitely not. A hater. Yeah. The, th- the thing with this album is if you when you listen to it, you can find almost every or every musical rock style that came after. Yes. In there. Every. There's heavy metal. There's country rock. There's everything. Yeah. Orchestral. I yeah. mean, everything was on this record. It's a little bit of everything. And 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 when I got into the album, I was I was a late bloomer. As far I think I spoke to this about this in the last podcast, that I came into music late because I didn't have an older sibling, so I didn't really start listening to music till I was thirteen or fourteen. Oh right, right, right. My right. kids had the advantage of being from the age of two; they were listening to stuff. Every Easter, I actually got a Beatles CD in my Easter basket. <laughs> oh no, I'm wow. not. I'm not okay. even kidding. So, so you were indoctrinated. You <laughs> had no. I mean, yeah. had no choice. No choice. <laughs> so when we when I got into the Beatles, it was it was already they had already broken up. You know, this was maybe six years after they had broken up, and I was my parents had a property management. We were pro- managing a property on. On the beach for three months and we lived there and I only had one day off I was the pool boy and I would go <laughs> off to Lincoln Road before Lincoln Road is what it is now this was in the 70s right. and buy a Beatles album every single time and when I got into the White Album it was with headphones and I was completely blown away completely blown away the White Album is a family favorite it's not just the kids it's the wife me okay. everybody it's a family All right. favorite and <laughs> I know and it's funny and I told because there's I mean how many songs total are there on 30, it 30 there's 30 so I asked Oscar can you wean it down to 12 yeah. and he gave me a like hard no he goes well <laughs> no here's 15 <laughs> and if you want to take some more out you can 
but it's fine. It's fine. And yeah, and everything you pick. And then there's other songs, yeah, that aren't because even I knew I said, oh, a glass onion's not in his list. He didn't put that on. But I love that song too. I I mean, what are we supposed to do? And you know, here's what an idiot I am. I didn't know until, you know, recently that Netflix movie, movie. Glass Onion. Glass on, yeah. So they, the, the movie Glass Onion, and then at the end, they're playing the beat. And I go, oh, a Beatles song. I, and that's when I realized, oh, that song's called Glass Onion. I never knew. <laughs> yeah. Daniel's laughing Because when that me. movie came out, the first thing I thought, it was like, oh, like the Beatles song. No. No. <laughs> but that's, uh, all right. So, so that's great. So you were, all right. So you were young and you became, so you knew your kids, you were going to expose yeah. them to the Beatles and yeah. you were get them to love the Beatles. And yeah, I know plenty of people do that. And there's not, yeah, there's, uh, when you go, how are you going to get a kid that's going to go, oh, I don't like that. That sucks. Right, right, right. <laughs> T- tell, tell them what you told me about Adrian and uh, NPR and what you were saying? Oh, so actually, yeah, no, we, it's this very vivid memory because my dad, he would always take CDs and put them on tapes so that we could listen to them in the car. Because Before we, we had a CD player. Because we only had a tape player in, in the car. Right. So every morning when my mom would take us to school or wherever, we'd always listen to NPR. So it was always NPR in the mornings and then in the afternoon when she'd pick us up, she'd put in the White Album. Right. So NPR in the mornings, Beatles in the afternoon. Oh, <laughs> it's such good. You guys, it was you, wonderful. You, you, you did so well. That's, that's, like, a, yeah, that's like a t-shirt. NPR in the morning, Beatles in the afternoon. Yeah. <laughs> and it stuck. I mean, it, it honestly did stuck. And of it's stick and, and it's just one of those things that it's not just because my parents have ingrained this in me. It's just, it's good music. It's good music and it, it makes me feel all the feels. Now, so. your brother's Younger than you, yeah, right? yeah. Is he a big uh, Beatles fan? Huge. Okay, huge. Huge. He, right. <laughs> he isn't uh, like some outlier. No, <laughs> no. And they've all well, they, the uh, Kinks. I really like the Kinks. Better. No, yeah. no. And they both have moved on from that and listened to their own stuff. But, of course, you know, right, right. You can always right. come back to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you really can. All right. So this album, like I said, recorded 1968. In reading about it, there was a lot going on. They were already, you know, uh, fighting in the studio. They weren't getting along as a band. And it's amazing, and and it's funny when uh, when you read the songs. Obviously, uh, they had a thing where all their songs were Lennon and McCartney, Lennon and McCartney. But you could easily tell who, who was, wrote right, what, right. Yes. what song, right? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> usually, I mean, usually, and then but. Uh, Occasionally, and then yeah, and reading it's funny. Like some of them didn't like, obviously didn't like the other one songs, and oh, I hated that song. And it's like they 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 still managed to come together. I feel like for the greater good, especially for this thing. And uh, yeah, so this was their only uh, a double album, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And the funny thing is that the period between Sgt. Pepper, which was their previous full length album, and the White album was eighteen months. Oh, okay. Like 18 okay. months is a real long time. Oh, for then it was crazy because bands did it right. every year they had a new Do you realize album. between 62 and 70 and eight years, everything that they did? Oh, yeah, right. All I the know, albums that, that they crazy? put out in yeah, just eight years. Nowadays, a band puts out an album every five years, and okay, you know, here we are. Yeah, yeah, record. exactly. But the in album's those, like mediocre. But in, those, <laughs> yeah, but in exactly. those 18 months, yeah. We waited all this time for that. Cool, cool. In, the, yeah. in those 18 months, they put out the live worldwide satellite broadcast of All You Need Is Love, first time ever. The whole world got to see it played live. Oh, wow. They did Magical Mystery Tour. They did tour. Magical Mystery Tour, the movie and started the EP. Yellow Submarine. Uh, they started in Yellow Submarine Project. They put out Strawberry Fields and Penny Land as a double A. So they yeah. were not just sitting around doing right, nothing. Right, right, right. But it's mind-boggling. It is. It, it, it is mind-boggling. And yeah, let's, all right, so let's get into it. Let's get, so back in the U.S., 
sorry, that's the first track you picked, and that's the first track. Is that the first yes. track? Yes, first track. Yes. Okay. Homage to the Beach Boys. Yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, Beach Boys and uh, Chuck Berry, I would say, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. All right, let's listen to that. something uh mike love sort of insinuated that his he gave paul the idea and did that but it's like no. shut up Mike. yeah let's stop no <laughs> but I, I, I like our take on it's kind of the idea of california girls you know i wish they could all be california girls but here they're all from the soviet union right <laughs> yeah i know it's it's, it's it's great and so i guess this is one of the songs i guess ringo at some point ringo kind of quit the band and left and so yeah, I guess Paul's was, playing drums on yeah, it yeah yeah he, right. he was out of the studio for like 11 days <laughs> and then they filled it with roses and flowers and said welcome back I heard we're welcome back which is nice that's sweet that they did that yeah. they, they realized but I love how like Paul was like oh okay I'll, I'll, I'll just play drums exactly yeah. <laughs> which is what he did on his, in his first solo album yeah I can play everything I of don't course. need you <laughs> he can he can and, and, and they all kind of could too because I'm in, in reading this certain songs like I, I was surprised who played you know different things on what all right so this next song you picked uh, dear prudence i'm gonna uh, here's another shocker probably for you guys i think the first time i heard this was Susie and the banshees cover of it which is great it's yeah a great it is a great cover, cover. oh my god yeah <laughs> so good but that's like the person that's <laughs> really it. funny and then i heard the beatles and i go oh okay that, uh, that's oh, a cover oh, they're, co- they're covering susie cover. yeah and uh, okay that, that, that's good too oh, God. <laughs> and then uh, yeah i know the, the, just rolling uh, your eyes at me you want, you want to tell the backstory about this song well with, this is when they were in india right? right that they were in india and mia farrow's sister Oh yeah, Prudence Farrell, right? Was in a room and she wouldn't come out. She was having so, a meltdown. Was it John and, John and George? Yeah. John and George were out of her room trying to get her to come out, and this is the song that to cheer her up. To yeah, kind of cheer her yeah, up. The, the majority of these songs were actually written while they were in India, the second trip. Yeah. Yeah. Because they were they were in Bangor, Wales, the first trip, and then they found out that Brian Epstein yeah. had died, and they were completely lost. So they were, uh, so they needed something like this to rejuvenate them. Right, this was the second trip, which was actually in India, and they came up with a majority of songs where they were there. Right. Right. Okay, let's listen to the Prudence, won't you come out to play? 
Headphones, especially, which, like you said, that was your headphones yeah, experience. Yeah. You pick out so many things, like just Paul's bass playing on this is just mm-hmm. off the charts. It's, it's so amazing. It is. It's just it's so delicious. Amazing. Yeah. yeah, and 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 I still I'm always blown away when I listen to the Beatles and realize this stuff is recorded in the '60s and how good it sounded compared to other stuff because everything like the uh, Kinks, like I'm a big Kinks fan, I love it, but a lot of their older albums sound like shit. Yeah, so really, it's amazing what they were able to do with when you think about the, what they had then compared to what they have now yeah. and, and how they were stretching the boundaries. But yeah, it's just like a really, really pretty song. And I guess, uh, unlike Mike Love, uh, Donovan, I guess, really, uh, did you read about like Donovan? Um, he was on that trip in he, India. He was on that trip yeah. and he sort of taught them uh, a finger picking, like his finger picking style. And supposedly, and I think that was a big influence because in, in a lot of the songs on yeah. this, that they were doing a lot of that uh, finger picking. And, and it's just it's, it's just crazy to me about what good music, good music like obviously amazing musicians they were that they could just pick up something here and go oh that's cool and then I'll do this you know I'll, I'll write absorb this it. amazing yeah and I'll write this amazing incredible song from that especially George Harrison that he got so much from going to India especially the whole sitar playing and whatnot yeah and, yeah and, right and that was such a huge inspiration for him for later albums and he was always trying to you know get songs like that onto the albums and they were always fighting him on that and yeah and he was also always on a search a quest yeah for spirituality who would try to involve the rest of the guys yeah. yeah which which it was interesting that i read that they were kind of a disillusioned disappointed in this trip they left early because they realized they this guy was well, he was a wacko. We'll, get, we'll get to that song <laughs> yeah <laughs> right? he was wacko. oh yeah i was blown away when i read that because yeah, i had yeah. no idea but all right we'll get to that now we get um a nice little paul song Obladi, so you guys must know Obladi, where, where he got that from? I, I think actually am I, not sure. Oh, okay, so, this is cool. So I, this is the one thing I do. I do get I'm to dive sure. and do it. All right, the title comes from a, a reggae band called Jimmy Scott and his Obladi Obladabi. And this 
guy Jimmy Scott, I guess, used to walk around as a Jamaican guy saying, Obla di, obla da, life goes on. So he got annoyed when Paul wrote this song. He said, hey, how about a cut from it? And Paul said, oh, that's just out there. You know, everyone says that. <laughs> That's true. Know that. Yeah, I know that either. And, and I, I, eventually, he actually had gotten some trouble with like uh, he would, uh, back child support stuff. So they get, they actually gave him some money so he would, could finally sign off on it. Where oh God, not get it. Funny. Oh. <laughs> yeah. But either way, it's a sweet little song. And I guess I also read that um, John, who supposedly hated this song, but that's him playing uh, piano on it. And he's doing a lot of little silly voices in there. Every time you hear like, oh, hey, oh okay, yeah, that's, that's what he's doing all those little voices. Something I wanted to point out, and this is a good song to point it out with, even though a lot of the songs on this album, and this is one of the reasons why it was so appealing to my brother and, and, my, and myself when we were kids, is that everything about these songs, whether it's the lyrics or the music or a combination of both, they're very appealing to children. Oh, yeah, Especially right. Especially yeah, Obla Dio Obla Da, even back in the USSR and some other ones we're going to get to, you know, yeah, yeah, no, you're Bill right. and stuff. Like, you hear that as a kid and you're like, this is fun. <laughs> oh, yeah, and it's easy to sing along yes. to and you get it. Yeah, well, so they're, totally they're, almost, they're almost like almost like English fairy tales and all right. the characters. You, you you know, you have Bungalow Bill, you have you have Desmond, you have uh, Obla Dio Obla Da. Rocky Raccoon. Rocky Raccoon. It's like all these little characters. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep, it's great. All right, Obla Dio Obla Da. You know, listening to it now, I realize I did kind of miss the boat on exposing my kids to stuff like that because they would have loved it. And we've, I played them other stuff. I played them like Devo and. Itchy, itchy goo, got me thinking of you. Itchy goo, itchy goo, oh baby, I love you. Itchy goo, itchy goo, itchy goo, goo, goo. It's all I want to do. Oh, yeah. Ramon songs and that, and also a lot of stuff where they could sing along and they, and they loved it, but they would have loved this too. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. So, whatever. Why didn't you tell me, Oscar, at the time? You could have given me a heads up. I don't think we knew each other when we were in our teens. <laughs> kind of, yeah. This is, I was 14 at the no, time. No, I'm saying when we had our kids. No. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Hey, dude, hey. play your kids some Beatles. Hey, dad, dad tip. <laughs> yeah. You need to turn them on to the Beatles. That's right. That's right. We had a lot going on. We had a lot on our mind, for sure. All right, so you mentioned Bungalow Bill. This is the continuing story of Bungalow Bill. I guess Lennon wrote this about a guy he met at the camp. So a lot of yeah. a lot of inspiration got at that uh, yeah. at that crazy camp, right? All right, let's listen to the continuing story of Bungalow Bill. Hey, Bungalow Bill, what did you kill? Bungalow Bill. Bye. 
Just they, they really did a lot of absurdist, you know, lyrics and yeah, a lot of that, which silly was really, stuff. and all the little sides that you hear, the little comments yeah. on all yeah, the yeah, voices. Yeah, yeah. That's when he looks so fierce and stuff like that. And they that. were known for doing stuff like that. They were such jokesters. I yeah. mean, they, if you watch any of their films, I mean, you'll see that they were always. And Ringo's all over like the that. song. You can really hear him in the. Yeah. In the oh right, right, right. In the right. choruses. Yeah. yeah. All right, so that a flamingo guitar at the beginning. That's Chris Thomas, uh, like the other producer, Chris Thomas. But that's not a guitar. It's a mellotron. Wow. A, a Mellotron synth, and that's him playing it. Speaking of to Chris sound Thomas. like a flamingo guitar. Isn't that crazy? Oh, that Speaking of crazy. Chris Thomas, Chris Thomas and Ken Scott, who were both engineers and producers at the time, they were both they were 20, 21. 20, 20, yeah, yeah, 20 and 21. Oh, my God. <laughs> Isn't that insane? <laughs> the sessions were going on for so much and so crazy time, and George Martin had other duties at, at EMI Studios, so he kind of left it to these two guys. To these kids. <laughs> these kids. Ken Scott, Ken Scott oh ended up producing Bowie, Ziggy Stardust, stuff like that. Right. Chris Thomas did, I said, long list. I had to write some of it. Elton John, Pretenders, uh, Badfinger, Roxy Music, and oh, Excess. Wow. Okay. But can you imagine being 20 or 21 years old with the biggest man in the world? Like, okay. Well, that, obviously, George <laughs> we'll be, Martin knew to yeah. trust these guys to well, do yeah. it. He yeah. obviously yeah, knew it. Because I could think, could you imagine some today getting random uh, 21 year old, old to do no, it? No, we yeah. can't trust them. It wouldn't show up. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right, I love that. All right, so uh, let's get uh, a song everyone knows, I guess. Um, well, let's let's play it, and then we'll talk about While My Guitar Gently Weeps. Gently weeps 
so beautiful. Now, all right. So I want to ask you guys. You, you guys have both played in bands with other people. I read. I, I love reading that George. Poor George. When he brought it in originally, the guy they didn't really like. They didn't really like the song nope. until he said, "Oh, get, I'll get Eric Clapton to play." Then they were all right. Could you imagine being in a band bringing in this song and the other guys in the band saying, "Nah, I don't think so." It doesn't make any sense. It's such a beautiful I, song. I <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's definitely one. That of was it. happening to him all the time, though. Yeah. It, yeah. Yeah. It, he, he was just. Bunching up songs and bunching no, up songs. No, and then he did All Things Must Pass, and it was amazing. Right, right, with <laughs> all these great... Uh, yeah, that, that, that's just, uh, that just shows you that they, they were all great songwriters. So right. for when it was... Um, and, you know, obviously, you're going to like your songs better. Yeah, of course. <laughs> of course. Almost, almost everything on All Things Must Pass were songs that the Beatles rejected the from the Let It Be session. Yep. Oh, yeah, isn't that amazing? <laughs> yeah. And uh, another thing I read, which I, I don't know if you guys know this, this sounded crazy to me uh, that when at one point when uh, because I guess once Eric Clapton did this him and John became friends and when George Harrison threatened to leave the Beatles in 1969 Lennon was ready to replace him with Eric Clapton wow. <laughs> could you imagine That's Eric wild. Clapton and the Beatles and then Eric returned the favor to George by taking his wife right <laughs> <laughs> It's funny in those days you would have you would have hired musicians and they weren't in the credits at all because yeah, you, yeah, you know right, there are people right. playing horns there are people playing you know organ there are people playing you know but exactly no credit to El, to Eric Clapton back then. All right, now we got a really interesting song. Uh, Happiness is a warm gun. We did recently we did a Breeders episode pod and they did a they, great they cover. cover yeah, it's a great cover. But uh, when I went back to the original, I realized wow, this is still a really like. Um, complicated musically sophisticated song with the arrangement with all these different time signatures and stuff yeah. I mean you know that, that's kind of like what they did they made uh, uh, much like the Beach Boys they would make these little uh, symphonies and these little yeah. songs because another thing I realized a lot of these songs are short on this album yeah. and very short yeah, yeah they're short yeah. but great like yeah. perfect yeah. alright let's listen to Happiness is a Warm Gun She's not a girl who misses much Oh yeah She's well acquainted with the touch of the velvet hand Like a lizard on a windowpane The man in the crowd with the multicolored mirrors on his hobnail boots Lying with his eyes while his hands are busy working overtime a soap impression of his wife Which he ate and donated to the National Trust I need a fix cause I'm going down Down to the bits that I left up yeah, I, I just I, I I love that part uh, that I'm feeling down when they're when they go to a different time signature, but Ringo's still playing the four yeah. four. And oh my that's god! Like, so, uh, Danielle, I was going to ask you. Obviously, you're a kid. You're hearing this. So you're gravitating, you know, more towards the jauntier, you know, poppier songs. But uh, what did you make of stuff like this? Like at the time. So I. St- <laughs> my parents raised my brother and I in a way that we were very uh, 
open and to all the weirdness, of to the strange. <laughs> you know, they, they, they raised us right. Yeah, no, they did for sure. <laughs> um, so when I heard something like this, it was still appealing to, to me, um, especially because like happiness is a warm gun. What does that mean? <laughs> what right. is that? Right. You know, what, what is that? And, and I'm listening to it. And obviously these are very adult lyrics. Yeah, and I'm yeah. not, but I'm not sure what they're talking about. Or well, to be like honest, that. I'm not either. I'm, I'm still not sure. Yeah, <laughs> yes, no, you're absolutely right. But you know, like the, I need a fix because I'm going down. I'm assuming oh, right. that has something to do with drugs. Right, but right, back right. then I didn't think that, yeah, you know? Yeah, so, yeah. so for me, it was just another weird, strange, beautiful thing, you right. know? Like, okay. yeah. So you, you were on board with all, with all of it. The oh, like darker, the yeah. weird stuff. It was all, oh, it yeah, was all great. yeah. That's yeah. great. That, that's awesome. <laughs> that's great. Um, all right, so now we have Martha, my dear. This is uh, all Paul. You know, you hear the ones that you know. This is all Paul, and I guess Martha was the name of his uh, his dog. His dog. <laughs> yeah, is, awesome. it, this is one of the, what John would call Paul's granny songs. Ah. <laughs> Yeah, be, be, because Paul, Paul's dad had been in a jazz band, and this is the kind of like um, you know music they would play in the clubs, like 1930s and 40s, you know that kind of stuff. Right. And Paul had a lot of Granny songs, even in his solo albums. Yeah. There are two oh, on this he album because I mean they were he loved them. Obviously, yeah. he, he had. But those, those Granny songs influenced me because I love music of that era from the 20s oh, yeah. and 30s. I, I yeah. know. I you know going through this album, I'm like, oh, I, I, I obviously I, I know you love the Beatles, but I could hear why Oscar. <laughs> Even though maybe you might think of this as as like a lesser song, kind of like almost a throwaway, but it's still like a really pretty. No, and it picks song, up too. Right? It yeah. gets really like dancey. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it does. And thank thank God for George Martin because those orchestrations of his, he was always on point with that. Well, stuff. that's yeah. it. All right, so I'm going to ask you, in me being naive again, so this is all they're they're bringing in all these musicians and they're just playing and they're they're showing them and they're arranging it right. I right. know because yeah. it's like today they would do synthesizers and they just do it all. No, that jo- way, George right? Martin yeah. had the whole orchestra, all the musicians, all the staff. That's all like, at EMI Studios at his disposal. Yeah. That he would use for soundtracks and for variety shows that he would do. He had all this. So, right. Hey, we need this, you know, arrange yeah. it and that's it. That, that's great, though, to have the, uh, just, I don't know, to have the ability to see the whole thing and, you know, put it together. Especially when you have when you have John over to the side making fun of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Always. <laughs> Always. still doing it. All right. This, to me, one of Paul McCartney's 
prettiest songs, most gorgeous song, uh, Blackbird. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 even I cannot deny the uh, beauty. Now, this is, oh, it's this is the first, and we have to mention this. This is the f- one of the first songs oh, yeah. that influenced Charles Manson. This one? Oh, yes. yes. One of them. There's a couple this on This song, here. <laughs> he interpreted, because I read the book Helter Skelter, which was written by the lawyer that represented the case. Right. Blackbird was Charles Manson telling the black man, or the Beatles telling the black man, you will rise. Your time has come to arise. Because the black man was going to rise, take over the white men, and then Charles Manson himself was going to take over everything. All right. Oh, that's right. Because he had his whole thing. First, it was going to be race wars. And exactly. That. Right. Yes. But, but it was. I didn't realize that Paul McCartney did write it with the civil rights movement and everything. Yeah, it, but Charles Manson interpreted in a different oh, way. Oh, well, yeah. of course. He kind of twisted all that <laughs> and shit. And there are several songs on this album. I mean, there are direct influences of Charles Manson. I don't know how the Beatles ever felt about knowing that. I don't think they felt good. No. <laughs> because they didn't write it with that intention. <laughs> I don't think so. But nonetheless. Such dude. a sweet, pretty song. And Oh, my God. Yeah. So beautiful. Blackbird. <laughs> Singing in the dead of night Take these broken wings And learn to fly All your life You were only waiting For this moment to arise Blackbird singing in the dead of night Take these sunken eyes and learn to see All your life You are only waiting for this moment to be free Blackbird fly Blackbird fly Into the line of a dark black So pretty and uh, and there's really there's three things three things on this track Paul's voice his guitar is acoustic his guitar and and, and his foot it. tapping and, and that's some it. little birds at the end yeah 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 the birds <laughs> added on at the end um, they right before this they went into George's house and they recorded like 24 demos it was called the Escher sessions because it was in the Escher neighborhood and the original version of this, this doesn't sound that different. I mean, it's basically it's that. very similar. He right. used it as a blueprint. I, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And okay. I, out of those sessions, because I, I have here the listing, they also recorded "Child of Nature," which became uh, "Jealous Guy" oh, okay. by John Lennon. They recorded "Junk," which was on Paul's first album. They recorded "Mean Mr. Mustard," "Polythene Pam," which ended up on Abbey, Abbey Road. Road. So they were wow, just songs coming out left and right. Yeah, I know. <laughs> That's cr- it's crazy. It's still it just boggles my mind. It does. Um, all right, Piggies. So I guess Piggies, another one. This is George Harrison uh, song, right? Also another Charles Manson. <laughs> yeah, right. Scrawled on the <laughs> walls of blood. Inspiring song. Because George sort of thought he was it was like a takedown on the upper crust and exactly. the green right, upper crust, right. but Charles Manson saw it as. Uh, <laughs> I mean, the line where he says, you know, sitting with forks and knives to eat their bacon. Yeah, yes. like, wow. bacon eating the bacon. <laughs> oh my god! All right, let's hear Piggies. seen the little piggies crawling in the dirt and for all the little piggies life is getting worse always having dirt to play around in have you seen the bigger piggies in the starched white shed you will find Stirring up the dirt Always have clean shirts To play around with 
that's nice. So this is a song that I probably never heard before until doing this now, and I heard it. Really? And, Whoa. All right, calm down, guys. I told you. I just I have other things, so I never heard it. But it's so funny when you listen to it now with hindsight. This is what, when you listen to other groups and you say, oh, a Beatles, that's Beatles, this is what they're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Chamber music, harpsichord. Yeah. You know, yeah. And you can, all, you can almost imagine this as, if, imagine if Terry Gilliam had directed a video of this. Oh, right. yeah, right. All, all these right. Like, pigs sitting around a table, exactly. like just chomping on Which food. Which they were all friends. Yeah, they yeah, were. All the, the whole Monty Python crew, they were yeah, friends yeah. with the Beatles. Right, right. Yeah. And they did, and, and, and that's true. That's, that's another great thing because as, you know, obviously they, they, they all had their own little demons and stuff like that, but they did. They they did love to joke joke around. They love yeah. absurdist humor and things yeah. like that, yeah. and yeah. that all comes across too. Yeah. So uh, Danielle, we haven't mentioned Danielle's a new mom, so you're uh, so your uh, daughter is going to going to be exposed to all of this. She right? already is. She already, <laughs> <laughs> she she got already the white is. Album yeah. Blasting at the house. Good. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> so this, the circle continues, and this is another uh, really pretty song, Rocky Raccoon. Uh, which I guess I read George Martin is playing the uh, Old West uh, piano oh, that, style. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and this is one of the ones that reminded me of you. Like I said, oh, Oscar would like this. Now somewhere in the black mining hills of Dakota there lived a young boy named Rocky Raccoon. Uh, and one day his woman ran off with another guy hitting young Rocky in the eye. Rocky didn't like that. He said, I'm going to get that boy. So one day he walked into town, booked himself a room in the local saloon. Rocky Raccoon checked into his room, only to find Gideon's Bible. Rocky had come equipped with a gun to shoot off the legs of his rival. His rival, it seems, had broken his dreams by stealing the girl of his fancy. Her name was McGill, and she called herself Lil. But everyone knew her as Nancy. Now she and her man, who called himself yeah, right. <laughs> I love that line. It's yeah, great. And Paul McCartney doing a pretty convincing a cowboy, uh, a cowboy U.S. A good cowboy old boy. Accent. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Pretty convincing, pretty I'm, I'm like an idiot. I, I, I mentioned um, uh, George Martin playing the piano part, and I didn't even, it didn't even get up to the piano. But I'll play some of that. Daniel was because, um, yeah, a lot of these songs, even, even the shorter songs. They still, they have a lot going on in them. So know? much, yeah, yeah. Like later on in this song, it really it picks up. Right, you know? like yeah. the other, like the other one you were talking about. It gets, yeah. yeah, yeah. Listening to it yesterday, on, um, what, no, to go over it, I realized each side is its own little world. Each side of the record, when you listen to the original record, so like the first record, the first side, which is like five songs. If that had been released as an EP, it would have been an incredibly EP. Oh, right, oh, right. It's yeah. five yeah. completely different songs. Perfect. Not yeah. one sounds like the other. Yeah. All these styles are going through there. All right, so this next one, uh, Julia, I guess Lennon recorded it by himself. And this, again, he was just completely live with his acoustic guitar, and then he just uh, overdubbed a little... A couple uh, harmonies with yeah, Paul, right. and that's and, it. Yeah. And it was... It, I mean, we're skipping a, a few little songs here because, you know, because of time. 
there are the little short songs like don't um why don't we do it on the road and things like that and honey pie and things like that but here we have back to back i will and julia and we, the reason i thought we should do julia because i will is also a beautiful ballad but julia is about john's mother okay because he both he and paul had their mothers had died at a, at a young age right but Ju but John actually witnessed his mother's death right in front of him. Oh, right. She was right. killed by a taxi. By a car, yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. So this is his his song to, to his mother. Oh, and they had a kind of she didn't really raise him. She was he was mostly raised by his aunt. Yeah. But she yeah. was the one that introduced him to music. I think she played ukulele or banjo or something. So she had a musical influence on him. Right. Uh, okay. All right. Let's listen to Julia. Half of what I say is meaningless. But I say it just to reach you, Julia. Julia, Julia. Ocean child calls me. So I sing the song of love, Julia. doing that uh, finger picking which I guess they, they, they picked up and they were exploring a lot in their songs and he still loved really to nice. drop double track his voice oh yeah yeah, yeah. They, were, uh, they were great at that yeah. uh, so good and it's interesting because John is known as the rocker of the group and he could be so gentle Oh yeah, on the songs, and then beautiful. and really, Paul has the heaviest song on the whole album. Right. Is Paul, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, which we'll get to. One thing I sh- I should mention for obviously for real Beatles fans that I I should I'm going through the songs that Oscar picked and and cause so I'm think of this as it could be an, an album in itself, the 15, 15 songs, songs like a, yeah. like a great amazing album. But I should have I should have been mentioning I should have done all the songs and at least mentioned the other songs so I apologize for that. We, might, we, we might get negative comments how could you live out you know leave yeah, out whatever we, well, like, this I'm, is, I'm sorry Oscar put it on send, the whole album I'm is give perfect you, I, you guys I'm gonna give you Oscar's email you can send no, it no no enough, it was uh, Rob's fault he gave me a time limit no he actually picked the songs and I was like wait but you didn't even run these songs by me <laughs> oh really yeah I was wondering I was wondering well, you know. but then he did I'm like alright that's fine <laughs> it's good but yeah so we should mention I'm just like I said I'm going through but the whole uh, as uh, Daniel said the whole album is magnificent you should listen to it all definitely play it for your children right yes yeah. yes especially on birthday parties for birthday but i think we're skipping that one yeah right? we're skipping birthday? that song yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah but sexy sadie has a lot to talk about oh yeah because uh, this is yeah this blew my mind what it's about let's listen to it and then you guys can tell me the story of sexy sadie sexy sadie what have you done You broke the rules You laid it down 
Just as a quick side note before we get to the song, just listening now, those backups, you hear how much Jeff Lynne oh, yeah. ELO took. I oh, mean, yeah. that's a total ELO thing mm-hmm. that they did. Because mm-hmm. yeah, obviously, Jeff Lynne's a huge yeah. Beatles fan. Oh, yeah. All right, but go ahead. You think, I assume, okay, this is about some girl, Sexy Sadie. Who's this about? No, because you, you, I, I don't really remember the complete okay, story. Okay, so, so. The, the second time they met with a Maharashi Mahesh, the first time was in Bangor, Wales, the second time was in India. Um, supposedly John got wind of the fact that the Maharishi was becoming, you know, kind of making sexual advances to the female, so like Mia and Prudence to the and female, Mia. female yeah. attendance, That's why Prudence was in her room. to the female attendance. And he got completely, you know, disgusted by the whole affair and they left early because of that. Right. And this, this is his comment on the Maharishi, although George later went on record saying that was a, a load of bollocks that that never happened. I don't believe that. Belo- not for a second. His beloved Maharesh. <laughs> no. And that the real reason was that the Maharesh wanted them to invest in his foundation and all this kind of well, stuff. Well, maybe that to, like, too. sponsor him. Yeah. And, yeah, maybe that, yeah. that probably happened too, yeah, but yeah, I, yeah. I'm sure he also hit on uh, me and uh, poor Prudence. <laughs> I, must, but, I must say, I'm sorry we had to skip. Everybody's got something to hide except me and my monkey. That's a rocking song. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, well, like I said, this is, uh, this is uh, Oscar and Danielle's Cliff in, Notes. Uh, yeah. yeah. Reader's well, Digest. <laughs> because really, honestly, that's why I I wanted to have you guys on because I just love the idea that you guys, you know, that, that you, uh, Danielle, discovered this through Oscar, and, you know, obviously, and, and you both have this connection to it. So that, that's what it's about. Even though it would have been nice if Oscar gave you, let you have to help with this on. Yeah. Whatever. Can't have everything. All right. So speaking of um, Paul McCartney's uh, heavy song, you got Helter Skelter, which is another one appropriated, misappropriated by, uh, uh, what's his face? Charles Manson. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, scrawled all over the walls. Yep. Yeah, but... Uh, uh, the Helter Skelter is a roller coaster in England. Okay. In case okay. anybody's wondering. Right. Yeah, but it's just, uh, it's great. It's like so heavy. Did you, did you, there were these illustrated books that I had that my father bought when I was a kid and my kids saw later. It was... Uh, Compiled by Alan Aldridge. He's the one that did the cover of Captain Fantastic for Elton oh, John. Oh, yeah. So he compiled these illustrators, two volumes of all the Beatles lyrics. And the one for this one was a completely naked woman with a, a roller, roller coaster, coaster going down her, her body, body, ending up between her legs. Oh, wow. And oh, as a God. kid, I was very impressed by that illustration. Yeah. And we saw them as kids, and I still have these, this memory of these books. And, and yeah, it was just mind-blowing. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. All right, this is now. Just go. <laughs> To the bottom, I go back to the top of the slide. You ain't no doubt 
I love how it's how it's so heavy and everything, but they still got those back. I love those backup yeah. vocals. Back back like, oh, these angelic vocals in the back. <laughs> right. This is another song that was covered by Susan the Banshees. Oh, that's right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, I, I read even though they were having, you know, arguments in the studio and everything that they had a really good time recording this one and they really just and I guess they did uh, like a really long version of it. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. And yeah. then uh, a lot of these rocking songs like this one and uh, I'm so uh, your blues they recorded in small space, like just the four of them, like really oh, close, nice, like a nice. real rock rock experience. One of my son's favorite parts of, of this song was uh, the blisters at the end. I got blisters oh, and Ringo, Ringo says yeah. that. Because yeah. he literally yeah. Yeah. played it for 20 minutes. He yeah. As an old kid, he's like, I got blisters on my fingers. Yeah. That's great. That's awesome. <laughs> All right, so here now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to probably shock you guys again. Revolution, I saw Revolution. Oh, okay, Re- I know this song. I remember this. My sister had the single Revolution. I, I said, oh, this is a different version. I didn't know there was a different version. The <laughs> version you're familiar with was yeah. released in the United States on, a comp- on the Hey Jude compilation. Right. And, and it was originally the B-side to the Hey Jude because I guess right. it was the, the, right. hey the more upbeat rocking version. Yeah, which yeah. which I, I knew. But this is this is great, too. It's awesome. It's an experience. Revolution 1. Counting me out or in? Because you can count me out in. Well, yeah. Well, that's what. So <laughs> I read that he got kind of a shit for this from the uh, from the left, from the uh, new, le- the so-called new left, who uh. felt that he was uh, betraying their cause by saying, "Well, you know, I, we we want a revolution, but let's do it peacefully, like a peaceful <laughs> revolution." They weren't down with that. No. Uh, yeah. That doesn't, that doesn't work. <laughs> so, but he says the in, but he doesn't do that in the other version, it doesn't, right? No. It's just on this one, right? Yeah. So, I, I, you know what I was just thinking? Um, could you imagine if this, kid, like, they're giving him shit? If this came out today with social media, how there'd oh, be yeah. everyone on Twitter going, "Oh, yeah, well, yeah. Yeah. yeah, oh my god, <laughs> it's so horrible." Thank, thank God we didn't. I mean, at least we, at least uh, me and your dad, Danielle. Unfortunately, this is your, this is your reality and your kids' reality. But at least me and your dad got to grow up before. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Everything no, had to be scrutinized. No, I was actually part of that. You know, I'm I'm 37. Oh, yeah, so that's yeah, right. I was you born were, in 85, so I actually true. did live that life where you like did, you didn't yeah. have to tiptoe around everything. You but. got to see it all go to shit. Yeah, yeah. No, it's not all to <laughs> shit. No, there are definitely a lot of things that we needed to be aware of that now we're aware of. Yeah, but. no, that's true. That's true. Yeah. But everyone doesn't need to put in no, their two cents. hundred percent. hundred percent. hundred percent. All right. So uh, the, the last one you picked for this and I'm, I'm yeah, guessing this, this was tough how do we end this but I'm guessing you have maybe a, a personal 
connection to this song or I something? Have a, well, not a story, just an emotion. This, to me, one of the songs when I used to listen to this when I first got it was this one because it has such a childlike inside of creepy yeah, inside right. of kind of mysterious the whole thing about you know around midnight having a seance in the dark and and it also has like a like an English fairy tale you know Old King Cole and that kind of right right you know this he's setting up this scene you know with a king and, and the queen and it's, it's just I thought it was, it was beautiful again appealing to kids it, it is appealing <laughs> to kids but then it's got this also little thing that you could when you get older yes. you could dig into a little bit uh, yes. and appreciate <laughs> yeah, no, but it's nice. And of course, again, don't, don't, the, Danielle's gonna roll her eyes. Mm. Never heard this song before. <laughs> cry, baby. It's beautiful. Cry, baby, cry. Cry, baby, cry. Make your mother sigh. Know enough to know better. The king of Marigold was in the kitchen cooking breakfast for the queen. Queen was in the parlor playing piano for the children of the king. It's really great listening to this in the headphones and you hear yeah, all, all the, the little, little things. things. And the tinkling and the yeah, laughter. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great. <laughs> this is the last official song we're playing, right? But we need it to is. talk about Revolution 9. Yeah, do it. Do it. Do it. Okay, so and, Re- and Revo- the first six minutes of Revolution 9 were actually an extension from Revolution 1. So in Revolution 9, when you hear him go, right, right, that was actually him ending Revolution 1. They, okay. So they cut out those six minutes and they added a bunch of stuff. Uh, John Lennon and Yoko Ono had already been doing what they call music concrete, which is like uh, John Cage and Stockhausen, right, which right, was found right, sounds right. and everything. Yeah. Their album, two versions, the ones that they're both naked on, was pretty much all that. So John and George were both very much into that. And even though it's credited, Lennon McCartney, McCartney had little to do with this. Right. But the sounds that you hear from all over the place, from the studios, from EMI studios, from Shakespeare, George and John, you know, reading... Shakespearean things and uh, Yoko herself talking you know at the end when she's when she say when you stand naked and that's that's her voice okay and it's and uh, you hear football team at the end say block that kick block that kick and people at that time were interpreting it as block that Nixon they were saying no they're saying block that Nixon is it no doing that it's, with cl- Beatles it's songs. clearly I know right? it's clearly <laughs> block that kick <laughs> But you have all these orchestral parts and all these radio transmissions, and some people hate this thing. I loved it. Oh, okay. I still love you it. Do. Oh, I, do. I love I, it too. I was actually talking to my, my partner about it, and he's like, I hate that track. I'm like, <laughs> but it's amazing, especially when you listen to it with headphones and you just zone out, close right. your eyes, and it's, it's. You don't listen to it as a song, you listen no. to it as its own thing. Right. Oh, you can, exactly. But you guys are just all, all in on all this. So there's no, it's almost like you can't, you know. But uh, No convincing us of otherwise. No, so. no, but, but that's great. And, and it is. And, and and it's like whenever I revisit something like this, it always is amazing, like you said, in such a short period of time, 
could you imagine what would a popular music be like if they didn't exist? It wouldn't be the same. No. It, it would, would be not. different. Would so not. many things. Everyone's influenced by the Beatles. It's true. Directly or indirectly. Right. It's true. Exactly. Yeah. Even even the haters say, "Well, the band you liked liked the Beatles." Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, we've got "Good Night." I guess we could. "Good Night" is one of those orchestral pieces. The very last song, one of those George Martin's orchestral pieces with the choir and everything. Really pretty. Oh, it is. All right. And then, kind of lullabyish. Yeah, and then you've got you know Uncle Ringo after the Chaos of Revolution Nine, just tucking you in, right, putting you to sleep. You know. <laughs> so, that's what it always sounded like to me. Oh, thank you, Ringo, because I was feeling very upset. <laughs> so a lot of times, the listening of this stuff was a car, like in the car and car rides and yeah, stuff, right? Yeah. For me, originally it was in a room at headphones. But for me, it was no, in the car. No, but I'm saying with you, yeah. yeah. I know that's the same thing with my kids. Yes, yeah. and I remember listening so much music yeah, in the car. So that's cool. That's cool. I mean, it's like you graduated from sitting around, you know, the family sitting around the uh, radio or the yeah. Victrola, which we should mention. That's Oscar. I guess this is a good time we could uh, <laughs> plug in. You're you're into all that. You became it. It sort of became yeah. Spinelli. Like, who knows? Right. Maybe Martha, my dear, influenced my love of phonographs and old timey stuff. I know? feel yeah. Well, yeah. No, There's I a think direct that's connection. All, yeah. That's all in there. But what's uh, so? What's the what's the, the, this thing you have? Uh, Spinelli, which is a old vintage radio and record player restorations, which I've kind of put on hold in the past two years because I had to get back to work but uh, as of yesterday I'm officially retired and today is the very first fun thing I do in my retirement nice so thank you Rob <laughs> alright awesome but now you could I'm going to fully get back into that get yes. back into that alright so people and you have a site There's a spinallystore.com and Instagram and Facebook yeah, and everything all that social stuff we hate but Danielle do you have anything you want to plug <laughs> No, I literally have nothing going Good. on That's other than refreshing. taking care of my five, almost five-month-old. I know. Thank you. We had to reschedule because she, uh, we have to find someone yeah, to watch the kid. Yeah. yeah. I'm really glad uh, we did this. It was a lot yeah, of fun. Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, it was really And good luck to you and your... In your move. Yes, that's yeah. right. Oh my God, I'm trying not to think about it. Uh, don't forget, but we're still the podcast goes on no matter what. Uh, don't forget on Instagram and Facebook, it's at that record got me high. Also, that Facebook group got me high. On Twitter, it's at TRGMH Podcast. You can email me at TRGMH33 at gmail.com. And you know, I didn't mention this, but Oscar and Daniel, they're, paid, they're both patrons of the show. That's, that's awesome. right. We awesome are. Support, that. support. And, yeah, uh, yeah so that, that's great. And if you want to help support the show and if you enjoy listening to it, go to patreon.com forward slash TRGMH. You become a patron. It's fun, right? I mean, Oscar can't figure out how to get the newsletters and stuff because he can't figure <laughs> I out. I tell but him. Danielle yeah. tells him about yeah. it because she gets that. But that's fine. <laughs> but really, I appreciate all of you, uh, patrons and non-patrons alike. Thanks for listening. We'll see you all next week. I'm Rob Elba. We're out of here. Thank you.